welcome to Tome of All Dooms, another RPG A Day catch-up session where we do multiple world words from RPG A Day because we can't seem to record something every day because uh, life keeps getting in the way. Ah, see, that was a rhyme. You made a rhyme. I did. <laughs> uh, the words for today are... Comfort, meat, and tower. So, comfort. Um... So I think of comfort, I think of safety tools at the table. Um, this can include an X card, uh, which is a great tool for allowing people to uh, give immediate feedback when something bothers them during the game. Uh, but it was originally, originally the very first thing I came upon in, uh, in comfort tools, or in, uh, that's not comfort tools, but in uh, safety tools, was the idea of lines and veils. So when I first started playing Primetime Adventures, um, the, the gent who was running the game had a discussion at the very beginning about lines and veils. And um, lines were topics that we would not allow in the game, and veils were things that could be in the game, but they would be handled off-camera and not central. Uh, and as a safety mechanic goes, it was good to do that ahead of time to make sure that all the players, in a, in a very dramatic game, in a game that could potentially have um, some sensitive content in it, uh, knew where the, where the lines were and what things were okay and what things were not. And that's not to say that we didn't um, bump up against them or um, that, they, that you know, things couldn't go into a, a, a deeply dramatic or... Um, uh, you know, intense fashion, because uh, they often did, but uh, it was good to know where uh, the lines and the veils were. So yeah, that, when I think of comfort, that's kind of where I think of setting table expectations to what's okay in the game and what's not. And it often kind of frustrates me because I get a lot of players, especially at cons, when I have this conversation and I say, oh, you know, let's talk about some boundaries and stuff. And they're like, well, I don't have any boundaries. And I'm like, well, that's maybe okay for you, but there's a lot of trigger issues for a lot of other people, and it's it's good. So maybe it's not there for you, it's but it's there for everybody else, and you still need to pay attention when people talk about that because you still need to observe those boundaries. Because I don't want anybody uncomfortable at my table. I want people playing and having a good time, and I guess there's a certain level of you can make people kind of you can do things that are intense or maybe slightly uncomfortable, but you don't want to trigger anything in anybody or make anybody feel actually unwelcome or, uh, you know, um, emotionally uh, not um, uh, available is not the right word, but emotionally uh, accepted at the table. So that's what I think of uh, uncomfort. So comfort for me, uh, this one was easy because I was thinking of my comfort zone. So. Uh, something that I know about myself is that sometimes when I'm playing in a game, I I can get in this zone of of um, being really it, it, finding it really hard to get out of my comfort zone. <clears throat> now, in the games that I have played in our Monday night sessions, I really have made a conscious effort, and when, be, right before we start, I actually give myself a little pep talk about okay. Don't just stay in your safe little comfort zone tonight, remember. Because really, you know, something that Jeff has said to me that's really important to him about running games is that he play when he plays in a game, because we played in a couple games where you were a player, not the GM, which I also absolutely loved doing. Uh, one of the things about him as a player is that he is 
thinking about helping everyone else shine. He's not just thinking about his character. So, uh, and that's really obvious after gaming with him that, that he does that. And I think it's wonderful. Uh, and, and as much as I give myself my pep talk, as much as I go into those games thinking to myself, okay, just relax, have fun with it. It's okay. You're not going to do something wrong and terrible. And like, even if you TPK the whole party, someone else might do it too. You know, <laughs> no matter how much of that I do, I have to say Barney uh, from Loco Ludus invited me to a game test of his game, Vantage. I believe he calls it Vantage. And I played in that with uh, Colin Green from Spike Pit and Spencer from Keep Off the Borderlands. And I don't know, I gave myself the pep talk like I did my thing, but it didn't work very well because we got to a point in the story where we were stranded on this island and uh, one of us had gone over a waterfall and was down at the bottom and all of a sudden people we didn't recognize who didn't speak our language came out of the woods and then they shot an arrow and they shot Spencer's character and uh, my character was like a diplomat so like again no fighting skills you know <laughs> no bow and arrow no nothing they're across this river they have an arrow that they have notched that has a rope that they're gonna send a rope across so they can get across the river and I don't know what happened to me I got just obsessed with the fact that rope could not stay and like poor Barney was like okay well there's a great big open area you'd have to sprint across to do anything about that rope and I realized afterwards <laughs> I was like oh goodness I I think I probably gave Barney some practice in dealing with a difficult player without meaning to even remotely because I just was like fixated on that for some ridiculous reason. I think I felt like uh, it was a situation, it was certainly a, an intense situation where I couldn't see a way out. Like there wasn't, uh, other than diving into the water and going over the waterfall, or there was not a way out of that situation that I could see and it's so funny to me now looking back on it I'm like oh wow yeah I was definitely uh trying to stay in my comfort zone of not feeling like my character could die and and the funny thing is no matter how much pep talking I do I did not see that at all in the moment so comfort for me is about remembering that I can just relax and get out of my comfort zone and in that case, I really don't feel like I was remotely helping Colin or Spencer shine or helping Barney's game shine because I was just obsessed with that freaking rope coming across that river. So, uh, uh, note to self, relax. So, so meet, uh, there's a little bit of, a little bit of a, of a rant on my part, but, um, the thing that I hate the most in starting any RPG game is the trope of you all meet at the end. God, I hate that. I wish that didn't exist. It's, it's pointless. It doesn't help the players get to know each other. It doesn't do anything. Everybody fumbles around. It's like an extended shopping trip to a mall that doesn't have anything that you want. It's just, oh, I, it, it, that trope of, of all of the tropes of, of fantasy role-playing just kills me. Put me in a fight. Give me something to do. I, put me with people going somewhere. Point me in a direction. Whatever. Start the game somewhere. But for God's sakes, don't say, you all meet in a tavern. Because 
no, that's that's how that's how you end up with taverns being burned down because players don't know where to go, they don't have anything else to do, and they figure they might as well make some trouble. Ah, see, this explains something to me, because in all of the games I have played that you have run, there has been some logical way that the characters have met. I have noticed that matters to you. I did not realize it was because you didn't want us to burn down the proverbial tavern, tavern, but now I know mystery solved. No, you just burn down things afterwards. It's fine. But that's part of the story now. That's right. Different. Yeah. That's different. <laughs> so, uh, meat for me, I have to say that I don't know living in the middle of nowhere like we do. There is no way we would have the opportunity to meet. I mean, a fraction of the interesting people that we have met the in game with online. And I know you have met some really interesting people in real life at cons because uh, he'll come home from cons and talk to me about how people are doing and stuff and tell me who he saw, which is really cool. But uh, I have to say that um, I feel like my social circle is really tiny. I talk about that on my podcast sometimes about that. I really only have two like meet friends, like <laughs> like meet, meet space friends. <laughs> However, what is that term? I don't know. It always kind of grosses me out when people say it anyway. Uh, but it's been really interesting to me to be able to meet people from especially all around the world because like Jules is from New Zealand and there's a bunch of people from England and um, I think Spencer lives in Scotland, doesn't he? Somewhere up there. Yeah. So, so it's, it's really interesting. And, oh, and you know who I'm forgetting? Um, I don't remember the guy's name from the low maintenance gaming. Uh, gosh, what? I think he's from Germany. Yeah. Remember? One time he was talking about a new game that he was working on and we happened to be, uh, Jeff and I happened to be together and I think we were driving somewhere yeah. or something and I said, we should jump on and support this. And so we did and we had a really interesting conversation with him and another guy and I, the other guy was, I don't know if he was from Germany as well, but he was certainly not American. So that's been really interesting. I mean, it, talk about opportunities to meet people. Gaming is a wonderful opportunity to meet people from everywhere. So Tower, a little punchy here. Did you have enough of these? Um, <laughs> if, we really ought to put out a blooper reel, but we're not recording the stuff in between. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every wizard's tower I visited in a fantasy game, I think I'd probably have a lot of money because <laughs> it's fairly ubiquitous. Um, at least it was early on when I was playing a lot of D&D &D and I was playing a lot of Savage Worlds, I was playing a lot of fantasy games and I I haven't uh, I haven't um, specifically had a tower in any of the games that I think I've run in quite a while now which which is a nice break from towers um, but 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 I, I agreed to run some stuff uh, for um, some friends of mine who used to get together in game but because of the pandemic we can't get together anymore and we We've been very on again, off again at actually getting a game, a face-to-face -face game together. So I agreed to run something and I decided to run um, The Sunless Citadel because it's supposed to be a, a classic adventure of 3rd of edition D&D now ported to 5th edition. And of course, because I can't do anything halfway, I'm, I'm going to run it using the Black Hack because I think that that book is really cool and neat and, uh, and I really want to see that 
get that system to the table. And of course, so I, I, I go online and I get a hold of the Sunless Citadel, the module, and I start reading it. And what is, what is the first map? It's a tower. <laughs> That's a tower that goes into the ground, so it's kind of, it hasn't fallen down, but it's kind of an inverse tower or whatever. But it's at least not a tower sticking up in the middle of nowhere that, you know, doesn't have proper coding and, and OSHA standard handrails and uh, insurance. Hold on. And stuff. A fantasy game contains a non phallic tower? <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Not me. Um, so wish me luck on that because um, that'll be my first foray back into a more OSR type of game. Although I know Black Hack is not OSR, it is far too indie for that. Um, but a, a very slim, thin, um, stat-based task resolution game, uh, and I and I'm I'm hoping that um, I can use it to get a real uh, low stress drop-in drop-out game going for uh, my local uh, friends and a couple other people that I've met online, so that we can get some gaming in. So that's that's my tower. I have agreed that if they don't have enough players, if it gives me a pregen, I might try to fill in but wow talk about feeling unqualified so I I'm glad he had enough people to not be like hey you want to play in this game because we need another player <laughs> but but I will say if you have a night when everyone else wants to play in your one person short we may you guys might hear in a future podcast the first experience of me playing a, like a more classic D&D style game and that will be an event let me just say an event and I'll apologize ahead of time because <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. You know, my biggest fear, I'll tell you what my biggest fear about all of that has always been. I don't know the tropes. So like, I don't know what dwarves are like. I don't know what elves are like. Sure, I've read The Hobbit, whatever. But but like, I hear the guys talk. Oh my gosh. On I, some of the gaming podcasts, I'll hear them talk and they'll get going about some quality of elves or something and I'm like wow yeah no see I didn't even know that was a thing so so I have to say I've always felt really intimidated about playing one of those because I feel like I'll be like um you know the exchange student who doesn't understand American culture at the dinner table and is shoveling food in my mouth with my bare hands while everyone else is using utensils <laughs> you know what I'm saying so we'll see how that goes uh my thoughts about Tower are about Troika, actually. So I heard Ray Otis talking about Troika and how amazing it was and how much he loved it. And, and I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And I said something to Jeff about it. And he was like, oh, yeah, that looks really cool. The art in it is really distinctive. So when did I get it? I got a copy of it. It was, uh, there was a time it was either on a really, really deep discount or it was pay what you want or something like that. You gave that. it away for free, I think, for RPG a day. Right. Oh my gosh. Last year. That or is, free RPG day. Yes, that is what it is. You're right. Yes. Thank you. I was going to say, I don't remember how I ended up with it, but I ended up with a copy of it and I looked at it and I confess I just looked at the pictures, but <laughs> I, I did read a tiny bit of it and I was just like, ah, okay I'm not a GM uh, but the pictures are amazing and the cool thing is I mean the whole concept of that game is you're you're in a tower going to to the floors up the floors trying to reach the top of the tower right 
I think Isn't so, that the yeah. concept? I think so. So anyways, that that comes to mind when I think of Tower because I've never played any game where I'm in a wizard's tower or anything. I think Troika has the single best table in, in any RPG game ever, which is the Magical Mishaps table. It, and it's printed, I think, on the back leaf of the game, so you can find it easily. But I distinctly remember reading through there, and it's like one of the results you can get is... The spellcaster for for magical mishaps when the spell goes awry is the the caster is now a pig. Yes, this is one of those things that when Jeff found he we were laying in bed one night. Often we will lay in bed and and uh, we go in streaks of playing on iPad game together or something. But often he'll be reading an RPG book and I'm playing some stupid pointless mindless game, and uh, all of a sudden he'll say pick a number and I'll. I'll tell him a number, like pretending I rolled a die, and he'll tell me something off the magical mishap table. I remember talking about that one because that one came up when I did that. And I was like, wow, how do you keep playing a game if you're a pig? I don't know, but I really want to find out. Yeah, like, are, am I a sentient pig? No, I think you're just a pig. Just, all right, well, all right. <laughs> anyway, so uh, that's what came to mind for me for Tower. RPG may contain explicit material some readers may find objectionable. Parental guidance is advised.